meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Coat Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast from the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. Here with me today, Tony Rosenberg. Oh, hello there. Casey McCleary. <coughs> Bark Mubarak. Hello. And Teneme Kone. It's great to be here. Uh, a super fine group of co-hosts, as I've ever seen, that's for sure. Uh, the studio's just popping with the combination of brains and beauty these guys are exhibiting today. Thank you for blessing me with all that loveliness. I feel like a bomb's going to be dropped right about now. No bomb? Yeah, are you buttering us up for something? <laughs> or like, what's the, nope. what's the catch? Nope. I'm just, I'm just uh, flabbergasted that I get to hang out with such attractive, intelligent people. Thank you. Uh, guys, first of all, uh, if you had a break, how was it? <laughs> it was great. Did anybody get a break? <laughs> I did a whole lot of nothing. Did I you? read a lot, saw my nephew. Yeah, nice. that's pretty much it. Nice. I worked at Hy-Vee. It's pretty fun. You worked? Yes. Really? Ugh. Like, the first week was really fun. By the second week, I was like, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. It was extra motivation to do well in med school, so mm-hmm. that was nice. That's one thing I always think, man. There's a that's lot worse jobs than... Uh, being a medical provider, so yeah, that's true. Definitely privileged. I used to work at a grocery store a long time ago. Me too. I chopped yeah, fruit all day. It was a lot of standing. Mm-hmm. You were a fruit ninja. Yeah, I mean, before, before it was cool. Before it was cool, yeah. Fruit I feel cups. like stuff like that is kind of fun for, like you said, for like a, like a week or a couple of days. You know, like I like to do a lot of service work, and I really like to do construction because it's fun to you know get out and work with my hands and like have a project that's really solid. But man, if I had to do that like every day for the rest of my life, that would suck. Yeah. That it's would funny. not be fun. <laughs> it's funny like the weird, odd skills you keep like pick up over time because now whenever I go to a party, everyone's like, "Oh, Tony's here. Cut the watermelon." <laughs> and, <it's> like, <laughs> and then now I'm like the watermelon guy because I can cut it in like two minutes and it's beautiful. You will always get invited to a party with I that. I will. That's actually happened before. That's 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 useful. Yeah. Teneme's here. He's got to bag the groceries. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> Stock the shelves. <laughs> yeah, wait. Hey, I got groceries earlier today. You want to just put them away before this party gets <laughs> I know, started? I'll do it. <laughs> well, co-host Amy Young took a rather epic three-week break traveling with her husband Sam around the western portions of this great nation of ours. And uh, she sent in this thought after visiting the Grand Canyon. Hello, Dave and fellow short coats. This is Amy. I am recording a short thought today, December 17th, 2016, at the south rim of the Grand Canyon. It, this is my first time ever seeing the Grand Canyon, and I hoped it would inspire me to have some great thoughts to share with you, um, as Dave requested that I do, uh, but I don't really have any. (laughs) Um, I will say that I, it's huge. (laughs) The Grand Canyon is huge, and I kind of had this idea in my head that we'd pull up in our old Subaru, and I would be right up at the edge of the canyon, and then I'd get out, and there'd maybe be like a little posted wooden fence between me and the canyon. That isn't really how it's turned out. There is an asphalt parking lot, the visitor center, and you don't see the canyon at all until you actually like come through the park and are right up on it. There are a few people out. Um, there's some snow on the ground, but not nearly as cold as in Iowa, so that's very nice. 
And um, I hope you guys are doing well, and I look forward to seeing you when Clark's ships start again in January. Happy holidays. So, uh, <laughs> wow, inspiring. That was deep. That deep was, yeah. Commentary from Amy. She's on got, the, she's on got the a good radio Canyon. voice. She's, mm-hmm. she's got a lovely voice. Uh, have you been to the Grand Canyon? No. Yeah. Uh, nope. I totally it's cool. It's amazing. Yeah, I don't know. Am I the only one? Like Amy's like, well, whatever. I kind of feel it's like a giant I'm, hole in the ground. That's what yeah. I think. I think. Uh, well, you haven't been. I know, but I don't know. Did Tenmi? Did you say you've been? No, I haven't. You have not. I thought, I, I thought somebody. Yeah. Mark said it's pretty yes. awesome. I enjoyed it. It was a good time. Okay. Uh, you got to get up. You, you got to get up at five o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. whenever sun rises. Yeah. That's when you go out to. And I can't remember. I'd if like we were, to be awake when I see it. Well, I mean, you, you do have to make a special effort, but. Um, yeah, I just remember being like totally gobsmacked by what I was seeing. I mean, it was just amazing. So uh, I'm sorry, Amy, that you were unimpressed by the the, the nation's premier national park. Do <laughs> the Michaela Maroney meme? Not impressed, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, I've got all right. So, what other things have people seen that just in your lives that are supposed to be like super famous, big deals, and then you were just completely underwhelmed? Because I have one that mm. comes to mind. Go for it. Oh, so the the big deal thing that underwhelmed me is in high school, we went on this, like, France-Spain trip over the last summer. And I we know went, where you're going with this. What, what, where do you think I'm going? No, 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 go ahead. Where do you think I'm going? Louvre. Uh, yeah, it's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we went to see the Mona Lisa, and it was, like, the most disappointing thing. There was this huge room, like, gallery with, like, all these prints of it with all, like, color fades and you know, oh, the secrets of the Mona Lisa. And, you know, you walk through this huge gallery and then you go in this room and it's like this little freaking, just like little thing. On it's a like a postcard on the wall. Big white something. wall yeah. all by, it's like bigger than a postcard, but it's not very big. And it's just like on the wall all by itself. And like, you can't get near it. And there's a huge group of people around it. And they're all like, ooh, ah, ooh. And you're just like, it's, a, just, it's just a lady. Like, it's hmm. not, I don't, I just, it just, it didn't do anything for me. And then there were like so many other pieces that were so much better, but like this is the one that gets a big deal made out of it. Yeah. I didn't understand. Yeah, King Cole sang a whole song about it. So there. There's yeah. me being a downer about something famous. Anybody else want to jump in? Mall America. Everybody was like, oh, if you're in Minneapolis, you check it out. It's just a mall. That's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, it's bigger just than a most. really big yeah. one. <laughs> it's just, just bigger. It like, does have an amusement park inside. It does. It has this. Yeah. Here's the thing. About the Mall of America, it has a store dedicated to Peeps. Did you know that? Did you yeah. notice that? In the candy st- wait, Peeps only. Peeps. It's a Peep show. It's Peeps. Oh, <laughs> do they call it that? Because I'll be really mad if they don't call it that. It's they unacceptable. Should. It's just you know, it, I guess when you build a mall that big, you have to you have to super specialize, right? <laughs> but uh, Begging anyway, for people to rent space. Yes. We don't care what you please put. bring us your Peeps. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm th- Amy, thank you for uh, sending that in. I'm obviously playing this a bit late because I kind of forgot about it for a while, which Amy did not hesitate to uh, give me shit about when, uh, when she came back. Nice. Mm-hmm. She sent me a Facebook message like, Dave! <laughs> she, sound- <laughs> she sounded like she'd be a shit giver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, she's feisty. Mm-hmm. She's feisty. Uh, in the news this week, guys, um, do you remember when Pluto was demoted from planet to planetoid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The world sad was up day. in arms. Was it a sad? It was, it was, a, sad day. It was a little yeah. sad. Well, just to balance things out, researchers in Ireland have decided to promote the mesentery to the status of organ. Ooh. What's the mesentery? 
Here's the, the here's the the quiz portion of the show. It's like the fat apron that overlies all of your abdominal organs. And I it's have a really question, creepy though. and I didn't know it was there until we opened somebody up and I was like, "What is all of this?" Everything's connected. <laughs> I just expected things kind of I know, you think they're all going to be free I don't know. Since yeah. when do we care what researchers in Ireland are doing? Oh. <laughs> Shots. Hey, hey now. Just kidding, just kidding. I kid, I kid. Ireland did all the stuff about gut flora impacting mood. That was all Irish research. Oh. Yeah, so <laughs> and they they make a fine beer, but the um, well, the, so don't the, start with the redhead about Irish stuff. <laughs> so it's uh, but it's like a, it's basically like a fatty membrane that hangs around in your stomach and it's what it or in your abdo- abdomen and it's what attaches all the bits in there together. Right? It looks like nasty cabbage. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I see that. The mm-hmm. English surgeon Frederick Trevis, I'm sure that's pronouncing, sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Described the mesentery in 1885 as a membrane that existed. Uh, quote sporadically in the gut tying bits of the digestive tract to the rest of the body but scientists published this uh, recently in the Lancet Gastroenterology and Hepatology Journal that the mesentery isn't just a few bits of rubber holding the guts together but a more complex organ with a particular function that function I don't know they don't seem to know <laughs> because it, has, it hasn't really been given the attention other organs have so you know sure it ties things together but there is some evidence to show it's it regulates the migration of white blood cells uh, mm. throughout the intestines. I, I uh, happened to run into uh, everyone's favorite anatomist, Mark Pizzamenti, uh, earlier this week. I and, love him and his dad jokes so much. And I said, and I and I asked him, you know, I said, hey, about how about that mesentery, huh? <laughs> what did he say? And he just laughed. He said he hadn't read it yet. Um, but he seemed skeptical of the whole idea of it being its own organ, and, mm. and uh, he never—he said he'd never taught that it was a bunch of like discrete attachments, but a whole sheet connecting the abdominal mm-hmm. organs together. That's true. It's like mm-hmm. a big thing. It's very underappreciated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you didn't have one, where first, would we be? You'd—you'd—all you'd, your guts would be pulled in your pelvis, and oh, that would be bad. And, Our uh, white blood cells would be like hitchhiking. Yeah, they would. Oh, those poor things. <laughs> Your bladder, their your guts would be lying on top of your bladder. You'd have to pee all the time. I'd be like being pregnant just all the time with your own organs. Without the baby at the end. Here's to you, mesentery, <laughs> and all that you do. Here, here. Whatever I it is, you, mesentery. <laughs> whatever it, it will turn out to be. <laughs> and whatever you do or do not hypothetically do. Yeah. What's the know. criteria for something to be an organ? Well, I, does anybody know? Because I had to look this up. When I read this article, I read a little, and I was like, eh, it's still hard to distinguish from, like, I mean, an or- tish, like organized tissue. tissue. Yeah. yeah. I mean, an organ is supposed to have a particular function. Okay. And I think be a discrete thing, you know? So it's not okay. like... A confined entity. Yeah. Although, I think... Um, so skin? You can, so that's the thing, is you can find, like, counterexamples almost to every definition there. Right. Is blood considered an organ? Tissue. Mm, it's tissue. Yeah, blood's it's a, a tissue. tissue. Well, mm-hmm. I'm the wrong person to be Skin's asking. Skin's an organ. Gosh, Clearly. Dave, you don't Skin know is that. an organ. That's Didn't you guys take that. anatomy recently? Doesn't Tenemay, don't you know? You took it recently. It's like a year ago for but us. Tenemay just took it. Yeah, yeah, I did. Take it away. <laughs> did you just deny it? Wait, so <laughs> what's the question I'm addressing again? What? Okay, so what is the definition of an organ? 
I don't think we ever covered that formally. Well, they might want. Okay, this is. I mean, if I had to guess, I would just say you know it's it's a bunch of tissues working together that have their own distinct you know function, like you said. Henry, stop daydreaming about packaging <laughs> groceries. <laughs> Stay with us. Stay yeah. with us. I'm here. I, I promise. I got it right here. Tenement, here's All the right. key. Here's oh. the key to, to a being large on the musical pot. instrument having. Re- I'm reading the wrong one. A part of an organism that is self-contained and has specific vital function. Tenemy, let me give you some advice on podcasting. When you don't know the answer, just make it up. Make it, got it. Or look it up on your cell phone. Like the internet strikes again. <laughs> you just struggled while well, well, Mark over here did it the true doctor way and asked Dr. Google. That's right. Yeah. Well, well, we had a lecture actually like a month mm-hmm. ago <laughs> that the professor was like, I want you guys to look these things up on Google. Look up these symptoms. Do it. Do it right now. And so, like, people would do it. She'd be like, see, Google's a valuable resource. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. So I was like, I didn't learn much, but I learned that Google is useful, which I knew. That's good. Mm -hmm. It was great. That's good. Why pretend otherwise, right? Yeah. I don't know why people pretend. That's true. The interwebs were abuzz earlier this year when a New York reproductive endocrinologist went to Mexico where they could legally carry out mitochondrial replacement therapy. We talked about this earlier in the year. So how this works is an egg uh, with... Fatally flawed mitochondria is removed and then injected with donor mitochondria that actually works and then is fertilized. It results in a healthy baby. They did it in Mexico because no place else would allow that um, for ethical reasons. And, and now the technique is approved for use in the UK as of this past month. But is it safe? Is it safe? No. Let's ask. Oh. oh. It may not be. Oh. According to a study in Nature, roughly 15% of patients. For roughly 15% of patients, the replacement could fail with the fatal mitochondria reappearing. So is that unsafe or just it didn't work in 15% well, of people? Well, the baby, it would go to birth. And I think they were saying like there's one and a half year olds that oh. would eventually become hmm. mitochondrial deficient. Yeah, I mean, you're just facing the resurgence of this deadly mitochondrial defect. And now yeah, you've, yeah. And now you've uh, produced a baby with the assumption that you know that won't be the case, and it is for for a percentage. So that's probably pretty emotionally traumatic for mm-hmm. the families to get like all this hope, and then yeah, I mean, the, the surprise. Mitochondria are so cool. They are cool. But I guess if you went into it with the knowledge of that, would it still be a bad thing? I don't. I mean, I think I the know. problem is is that they didn't have this knowledge. I mean, right. They, yeah. That mm-hmm. that is yeah. a problem for sure. But I mean, I'm they, saying if you go in and you're like, okay, well, there is a 15 percent chance of this happening. But it's still an option, and then they choose to do it. At least they have the knowledge. Yeah, you, and you still do that. I mean, like, you do way worse rates than that for things like cancer treatments, you mm-hmm. know, of, of like, for sense that it won't work or that it'll make something worse even. Yeah, but the pro- isn't the problem that you're basically creating life? I mean, it's a, like cancer, the life is already there. True. And you're going to treat this deadly disease, and hopefully it will work. You know that it, it may not um, but in this other case, you know, you've basically said, well, we're going to create life that will be um, it, that will be healthy. And we're going to go to Mexico to do it, by the way, because hmm. no, no place else will put up with that shit. That makes it sound <laughs> sketchier than it. <laughs> um, anyway, I just think that it's interesting. I, and I, the crazy thing, I, I just mitochondria are so cool. I don't know. Do, do you guys know where mitochondria come from? Right. Yeah. You guys got to know where mitochondria come from. 
they're the powerhouse of the cell. Right. Weren't <laughs> <laughs> they like, they they like archaic oh like bacteria God. or whatever? It's good whatever. to see you embracing the ethos of the Shortcut Podcast, <laughs> yes. Tenemay. Good job. You're going to go far. Yes. Anyway, uh, Tony. Weren't they like archaic, like super, super old bacteria that like slowly evolved and then got this specific function that they provide to the cell? Yeah, they were sort of, at some yeah. point, the theory is that they were sort of engulfed. Yeah. In yeah. The, in in uh, in distant times. Like another cell ate it and then didn't digest it properly, and so it just kind of hung out symbiotically. It's like, hey, this is cool in here. I'm cool. gonna I'm gonna take up residence, become the powerhouse of the cell, as ten of me so <laughs> <laughs> adroitly. That was the first step in a beautiful relationship. Called mm-hmm. it. Um, the thing is, you can't possibly remove all the mitochondria from an egg. I mean, it's kind of like. I don't know. There's a lot of them in there. You know, you might miss one or two. So was that the issue? Was like they left some and it repopulated? Yeah. So if you truly enucleated, like, or not enucleated, but removed all of it, that would solve the issue? Yeah, if you could. But I think that sounds very difficult. I mean, they're kind of, they're, they're, you know, they're tiny. And it is interesting because like mitochondria, it's part of the reason people think this is that they have their own DNA. Like mitochondria have their own unique DNA that's different from the DNA in the rest of the cells. And that gets passed down only maternally. So it's, you know, it is it is definitely like it would be a insanely complicated thing to make sure that they're all gone, like every single one of them, and no more of them can. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to leave up. very many. From the article, it was like you it's know like one what? or two percent. You could just ask the guy In to marry case. someone else. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that works super well. <laughs> I mean, you I could also ask a, them to adopt. It's a hundred percent success rate there. <laughs> so yeah, if you're planning on uh, taking advantage of this. Uh, you might want to might want to hold off until we figure that out. I wasn't. Or okay. ask the Irish. Or, Always or, ask the Irish. France has become one of the few countries to make organ donation an opt-out system uh, this past month. I'm so excited about that. It, it, it's so interesting. It, if you do, it, so, if you the 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 thing is, if you don't want to donate your organs, you must expressly say so in France. Um, and it's an effort to increase the number of available organ, or, organs, organs, organs for transplantation. Um, so far, only this is what's interesting. So far, only 0.2 percent of France's population of 66 million people have opted out. Um, I think that's amazing. Yeah, that's surprising. Yeah. I wonder what the opt out process is. That's yeah. a good question. Do you think yeah. it's like at the French DMV and they're like, do you want to? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be an organ donor. Yeah. <laughs> you just sound like a dick. Yeah. Like, no, mine. I mine. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say, well, that's that's what's interesting about it to me is I, I think it's I think it's a it's it's like a, a registry, like an online process. You just something. hop online. I feel like, a like do I, not call list, yeah. do not harvest list. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, it. They say it works because people are lazy and just like to pick the default option. <laughs> That's true. It's so Definitely true. true. But then there's another theory that basically, if you opt out, I f- if, what, what it boils down to, if you opt out, you look like a jerk. <laughs> you have to get like a bump st- bumper sticker that says "I opted out." I don't know, but you just <laughs> you just feel like a, you just feel more like a jerk. If it was an opt-in system, you're like, oh, well, I can do this and. It's something and extra. It's something extra that I don't really have to do. But if you opt out, it's like, well, okay, a hole. Oh man, yeah. Can you imagine getting pulled over in France and the cop asks for your license? Are you, if it opt out on your thing, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> <"All right." laughs> sacre bleu, you. <laughs> <laughs> We're tossing the book at this guy. <laughs> 
well, see, and it's this will never we could never even have a discussion about this in America for that reason because you would have 15 politicians immediately stand up and go death battle. Oh yeah. Even <laughs> if it would be for the better for literally everyone involved. But what's it interesting is that a 2012 survey of Americans found that half the half of the respondents say they would favor an opt-out system. Yeah, but we can't have the discussion because our political system is broken and our politicians are butts. <laughs> they are butts. <laughs> our politicians are butts. So says Casey. Butts. <laughs> Wait, so I have a question. Put that on a bumper sticker. Is there is there like a deadline at which you can't opt out anymore? Like, well, like By say, death, probably. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. Too late now. Okay, well, well, say I died and my parents wanted to like have a funeral and they, didn't, they wanted all my organs to be there for whatever reason. C- could they say no? Or once you die, are they just forfeit? Just That's a complex question. How old you are, I like, think. I, in France, I think the answer is, if you're a registered, forfeit. If you're registered as a as an organ donor, yeah. because you didn't opt out, then they get to take your organs. I think it'd be a great system so if when if, 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 if the end? family could say, you know, yeah. mm. no, because it, 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 I, I, like at that point, like everyone, it's kind of open season on on the young. Then if you think about it. Wait, what? It's, what? It, it, How it's, so? it's open season. <laughs> you what? see, open you see what I was talking about. It got him old. <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay, so like, if there's, I don't know. No, follow it through. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to know. I actually want to know what you're talking about. Okay, so like, if, if the family isn't able to say, or someone isn't able to say, like, after you're dead, have a no option, mm-hmm. then anybody who is who is young could become a target, you know? To be to be harvested like some like old but to guy. have an accident, oh <gasps> quote unquote yeah to have a quote unquote accident but that you know? shouldn't need to happen because they'll have enough organs. I think that's the yeah I mean I think that's the it removes the incentive. Also, it removes it removes the pressure on the system, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so there would be less of an incentive to to do that. I mean it's kind of. It's kind of economics. Yeah. Also, I feel like that's a thing that people worry about that like almost never happens. Yeah. Not that it, well, not that it yeah. couldn't. Like it's it's valid concern. But. Which of you do you think has the best organs? Which I've one, which, which one I've of you should I target? I think I have pristine. Organs. Yeah. No, not at all. Okay. No. <laughs> I've been watching Mark try to Tenor ask a looks question like he has good for organs. the past two minutes, so mm. I want to hear Mark's question. Oh, I feel like my liver's on so the downside. Here's my thought Everything process. else is okay. And not necessarily that I have an opinion either way but it's the idea of uh when do your rights end to your body you can't advocate for yourself obviously once you're dead um power of attorney is the next best option let's say in that Mm kind of gray area where you're not able to do it we totally accept that legally so then the individual dies power of attorney doesn't end at that point because there's an executor of your will there's a lot of things that so the thing is when do you forfeit your body your corporeal self to the government because that's really what we're saying. There's probably that, some yeah. clause in there. I would imagine. You know what I mean? Like I would imagine there's something in there that would specify. Yeah. I mean, if over- there's not, there should be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's overall, like I, I really like the system, but I feel like at some point we need to be sure, like when you stop being able to say, okay, no, or like when you do forfeit at that point. Or, yeah. That's or who can object? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because yeah, because the way we do it in America, you know, like if I say. What, what happens? I don't think if I say I want to donate my organs, like my parents can't step in and say, no, we're not doing that. I don't think they can once that's I've because, said I want to. That's because you've affirmed the fact. Yeah. See what I'm saying? On the negative so, side. Yeah, so I'm wondering, out, I'm wondering is, I for how fact that would know work. that, I don't know, my mother was strongly against it but didn't carry that out. Yeah. I have power of attorney. I have every voice that she has yeah. legally. Yeah. 
do at what point does the government say no actually yeah that's so if you know that she didn't want to but you wanted to and nobody else knew that she didn't want to well maybe mom shouldn't have been so lazy Ooh. Ooh. mom just talk about my mother that way <laughs> <laughs> she's a saint that's my mama boy <laughs> we well, reached I, a new low yeah <laughs> well it's kind of like um you know we're so concerned about uh DNA and how it gets used. Some people would argue that, and I'm not sure. I'm not, I may be one of those one of those people that says DNA isn't yours. You know, you've inherited all this junk from from <laughs> you know thousands of hundreds of ancestors. You know, maybe the DNA isn't yours. Maybe it's everyone's. It's a controversial. Uh, it's controversial, Dave. Dave. But is yeah, that, is it's that, my DNA. Mm, it's mine. Stay away. You are the sum of your DNA. Let's just follow that to a logical conclusion, Dave. You're, yeah, the, you're the sum of your DNA, right? Also yeah. controversial. So then but you well are your DNA. Things. Yeah, but just hear me out. Hear me okay. out. It wasn't yours. Therefore, the product that was yielded from it is no longer yours. Mm-hmm. Your body is no longer yours. Mm. I have a right to your body. Mm. That's a logical conclusion from that statement. So mm. you have to delineate a little sharper, I think. Well, okay. not only that, but then I feel like if you're saying that the DNA is not yours and it's everyone's and it gets at the sense of like consciousness and like I and where that comes from. And then that opens up that whole discussion of like, Mm -hmm. well, yeah, maybe my DNA created all my organs and gave me all these cells and everything, but where do I reside? So then I would get into that whole thing. And then you've just opened up this whole can of worms, Dave. And now we're having this conversation. I like to open up. I know. I love it. These are good worms. Especially ones that have worms in them. (laughs) Uh, well, um, you know, maybe I'll have to rethink my, my idea that I just came up with three seconds ago. No, I mean, I like <laughs> <laughs> Think Just remember, like Jeff Goldblum said in Jurassic Park, life finds a way. So mm. be careful with DNA. Oh. All right. Yeah. Mm. I f- yeah, I don't know. I feel like that Some is a really interesting... to live by. Um, I, I like the philosophy of consciousness, especially now that I've watched Westworld. And oh, oh that show made me so mad. What? Yeah. Wait, wait, be, uh, no spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah, I just want to. Throw I'm just saying. People haven't heard it yet. Yeah, yeah, I'm like two episodes in. So, so <laughs> I've I <laughs> stopped. Been pissed. It's gonna pick up. <laughs> I stopped <laughs> watching because I feel like that, like the whole idea of like, oh, artificial intelligence is gaining more insight and is going to like, it's such a played out storyline that it made me so mad that I couldn't bring myself to continue really? watching. Really? Like I hated the the movie Ex Machina and everyone else was like, oh this mm. is a great movie oh, and it's like, oh really? Yeah, that was super unique that that AI thing rebelled against the person that made it. Never heard of that before. Ooh, <laughs> like, this, I don't know. This one I thought was interesting and I'll say in very vague terms it's just, it's not about oh they rebel, it's like the way that they do it and mm-hmm. it's got some very modern formulations of of consciousness and what that means and what that is mm-hmm. and how a thing can become conscious like it's very up to date on like transhumanist theory of consciousness philosophy and i appreciate the the sort of modern yeah. um thinking on that and how mm-hmm. it was incorporated into a show as opposed to some of the older stuff like i don't know like the matrix terminator. The, the matrix always mm-hmm. comes to mind or something like that yeah terminator um you know where it's just it's much more Clear cut, old fashioned, less nuanced. Mm-hmm. This is maybe I I'll know. pick it back I just, up again. I just thought they did a really good it's, job yeah, of it. I think it's totally worth picking up. Is it? And it's the inside outside, like in terms of consciousness too, that it's an input output. Mm-hmm. They really do that in an elegant way by showing, like, all right, if these are mechanistic. Yeah, they literally talk created, about the yeah. Chinese room, and it's so, yeah, which is awesome. It's just this idea. Of like, 
Hmm. So Searle, um, I moved, I did philosophy in uh, UC Irvine. Yeah. And then I went up to Hayward in the Bay um, to do my post-bac program and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so the the Chinese room uh, was Searle at UC Berkeley there. No shit. Yeah. So I went over and listened to one of his lectures. Oh, that's so cool. And it was, yeah, I was like so excited. And then I realized like everybody is not that stoked to be here. Like, I must look like a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> like, nerdy fanboy. Yeah. It's just some random, like, two or three, you know, beginning of one of his series that he was doing. I haven't seen it. Uh, it's on my list of things to do. Um, to get HBO. I guess. <laughs> would be a good start. You use get, Google, Dave. I know. I don't, I don't know how these things work. Just type it in. Go on Go on the uh, the Amazons and get 30 free days. Ooh, Ooh that's smart. Yeah. That's smart. That is smart. It's on Amazon? Well, there, Amazon has like a subset of things you can sign up for. So you get 30 days there. Of yeah, what? I, 30 I get days of HBO. Of Hubble. Oh. Yeah. I get it going through home iTunes, which is weird, I realize. Hmm. Um, well, good. I, now I have something else to waste my time with. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of things, you know, I, we didn't cover what I did over break earlier in oh. the show. Did anybody ask? Uh, yeah, we should. No. Nobody hey, even Dave, asked. Dave, what did you do over break? God damn I'll it, just, Mark. I'll just insert this That's in the beginning me. of the show. <laughs> uh, what I did over break was pretty much barely left the bed. I'm, I'm not proud of this at all. <laughs> oh, you weren't sick. Aww. I just assumed you were unwell. No, no. I was just like, it's <laughs> like cold. <the> <laughs> it's cold. I, I assumed something else. It's That's cold. what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was I like, saw, Dave, that's a lot to share. Okay. It was cold. I just basically stayed, stood in bed. A couple days came to work. You stood? You stood? That's not even you stood comfortable. stood in your bed. <laughs> stayed in bed. You're a mess today. I am a mess. <laughs> I stayed in bed. I, 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 even, I even ate in bed a lot of times, you know, like I just were stayed like, in bed. Watched. So you were like the grandpa from Willy Wonka? Uh, yes. Oh, like you yes. were just like those people over break. Yeah. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Yeah. I love that. I got up once in a while. How did you? I got, I got, got up around like two o'clock, maybe, <laughs> you know, kind of shuffled out of the bedroom. Did you at least like. At least you made it out of the bedroom. See, I thought you were gonna <laughs> shuffled over to the chamber pot. I had, yeah. I had enough energy to get out of bed, but not not leave the. When I the do, kids came in, you know, the, I have the kids in. We'd watch movies <laughs> or watch movies, you know, like in, when I do on that, the iPad. I don't know if anyone else gets like this, but if I allowed myself to do that, which sometimes I still do, but I just get like emotionally so weird if I like don't get up or like yeah. stay in my apartment, and then by the end of the day, I'm just like, well, that's what gets I'm you. sad about. Everything and I don't know why. That's, well, like, that, uh, that's what gets you out of bed at two. Yeah, you know, you're like, oh god. Yeah, <laughs> I'm marinating in my juices. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta get out of bed. <laughs> the crushing reality of the decisions you, you lay there. You're <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's time to take a shower. It becomes you, an identity issue. You horrible man. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. I'm really a piece of shit, huh? <laughs> What's great about it is that, like, like once you, like, if you if you get out of bed at two and then you go to the grocery store, you feel like you've accomplished <laughs> major, major things. You know, you're like, I, hey, I went to the grocery store today. I'm good. And then like, you go back to bed. What that looks like for me is if I do that, there will come a point, and it's inevitable during that day, that I'll be so like overwrought with anxiety that I haven't done something, or <laughs> that I will just like meticulously clean every inch of my apartment, and it will be like spotless. And then I'll be like, all right. And then I'll like I'll save the shower for last, clean the shower, and then take a shower. And then I come out, and everything's clean. And then I feel like. Wow, I did something great. Do you, do you, do you want to come be a bum at my house? I was going to say. Yeah, no, it is okay. like a real process. Do you clean the shower while you use it like I do sometimes? No. <laughs> oh, you don't? Efficient. I thought that was... 
It's very super f- common. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Really? I'm yeah, so glad. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. You keep the little oh, brush there and keep the scrubbing bubbles. Like what? Once a week? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't do that. Yeah, no I don't way. Do that either. No. I, I feel I like I'd be getting dirty while I was showering. Well, you don't. I mean, You're you not can like do it in the beginning. Around on the toilet, <laughs> touching all the time. How do you guys clean the shower? Because that's the be- that's the best way to clean it. In all fairness. In all fairness. In all fairness, Mark has a surplus of hair, so body hair. So he could probably be like a scrubby sponge for the You just use your beard. <laughs> That's, like, right. That's a really wall. good point. You should be the new prototype for Mr. Clean, and they could just show like <laughs> the beard. Oh, no. <laughs> they just show you with like sudsy beard. Oh like. no, the overgrown beard yes. just doesn't really project the idea of cleanliness. You clean you the know? toilet with that People beard. People often don't think that. <laughs> no, but your your beard looks really bouncy and like it's true. good. Like if it was greasy and oily and like you could tell it was dirty it would be bad you but have i feel healthy like beard. bouncy beard you could be bouncy beard that could be your nickname mr bouncy beard mr bouncy beard yeah <laughs> There that would be the name of the product. Yeah, yeah bouncy I hope, beard. I hope that doesn't stick. That nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody put it on his name tag before yeah. he goes to clinic. You'll be on your Take first rotation. It'll be like, hey, hey, bouncy beard. Yeah. I'm thinking about <laughs> changing the name of this show to Bouncy Beard, <laughs> the Mark Mubarak show. Since we end up talking about this, unacceptable. <laughs> Mark Mubarak, Bouncy Beard. Oh, yeah. Have you guys ever heard of autonomous sensory meridian response? Or ASMR. Here we go. I have. Wikipedia <laughs> says it's a euphoric experience characterized by a static-like or tingling sensation on the skin that typically begins on the scalp and moves down the back of the neck and upper spine, precipitating relaxation. It's most commonly triggered by specific acoustic, visual, and digital media stimuli, and less commonly by intentional attentional contr- control. Okay, so basically what this means is uh, at least a- ASMR is big on YouTube. Okay, so go search YouTube for ASMR and you will find uh, many videos of people whispering and scratching <laughs> and crinkling things to get you to tingle. I'm going to sniff very delicately out of the microphone. Okay, that's what they do. Speaking of sniffing, there was someone in class today oh, that no. just kept sniffing oh, every oh, no. five seconds right behind me. You Sorry, should have, you should have gotten a tingle out of that. <laughs> and I was trying to figure out who it yeah, was you're and the like broken one. look out of my peripheral vision <laughs> so they couldn't tell I was looking. But I, I, I digress. I'm sorry. Let's listen to uh, let's listen to YouTuber Gentle Whispering explain ASMR. Hello, my name is Maria, and I'm here to tell you about ASMR. Autonomous sensory meridian response. It's a pleasant, tingling feeling that you experience when you hear unique, soft voices or hear certain soothing sounds, such as tapping or both. I want to smack her. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to work no. for me because I don't like the sound of people chewing and all I can focus on no. is that. Yeah. There are there are ASMR videos in, in my deep dive <laughs> into <laughs> ASMR on YouTube. Oh my. There are videos that basically emphasize that lip smacking sound. Oh. Because that that's, torture. yeah, because that's, you know, 
uh, a thing. If I ever need to do that, like audio torture for Mark, now I know what to do. I, yeah, I get I get a little. <laughs> I got your like, number, buddy. Frustrated when people like if I'm studying in a group, and someone oh, just starts yeah. sitting around and they're just like. <laughs> <laughs> Like, please stop. That was like the sniffing today. Yeah, just, Literally just every just five seconds, it's like, and it's like, I just wanted to turn around and scream, blow your nose. Like, just Deal get it out of there. Please. <laughs> For the love of God. <laughs> ASMR videos uh, seem to range from people just talking, um, like uh, gentle whispering was doing. Careless whispering. I felt like you, to, uh, everybody was shivering. Were you like, were you getting it or? Oh, no, I just. You wanted I, to. I don't like I the just, whispering. I just hated the sound of their voice being that low and like. Yeah, me too. Oh, I don't know. It just doesn't sound right to me. Here, I was like, really, just talk like a normal person. Yeah. They, they also do role playing. Um, <laughs> here's one that might be of interest. <laughs> Perfect. Might be of interest to us. It's, it's not dirty people. God. It is if we make it. Hello. Showing signs of life. Well, hello there. Do you know where you are? Patient showing signs of general confusion. All right, that's enough of her. <laughs> that was even worse than the first one. Yeah, she, she. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so just to tell you what was going on here. Innocent Whispers ASMR is this YouTuber. Um, and she's basically, the, the, she's role-playing. Your ship has, your spaceship has crashed. And she is the doctor um, sort of welcoming you back from your coma of seven days, I think it was. And so she's, I don't, I, I don't understand why this, why, but you know, there you go. That's I really like this as a unique way of storytelling. Like, I think it's a really interesting idea, but like, I don't know. I'm interested in unconventional ways of storytelling, like sure. graphic novels and video games and podcasts and stuff like that. But, um, I don't get the ASMR reaction. I know some people do. I just, well, I, here's a, here's I imagine it being like, you know, those creepy, um, the, those things the that they put massages, on your head. The spider. Oh, I'm love doing that. like a spider with my hands right now. Like, yeah. Supposedly that's the way it feels. Yeah. General Whispering, by the way, the first woman we listened to uh, has 840,641 subscribers. So she's got to... Somebody gets it. I mean, yeah, I believe it. You know what I wish? She's got to be on something. I wish we could see the geographic location of subscribers. That would be like an interesting study to see like what types of voices like reach certain types of people or like where you're living Mm -hmm. if like you respond Mm -hmm. to certain things in a certain way. Because I'm curious, like a genetic connection. Yeah, like some people are prone to this response, and some people aren't. Well, there's or... this there's this documentary. I think it's on Netflix. It's called like, oh, what is it? Like Notes and Neurons or something like that. And they have like Bobby McFerrin, who's like a famous musician, on there. And they basically Not hook them famous. up. I've never heard of him. Really? He's saying don't. <laughs> saying don't. He's saying don't worry, be happy. Oh. Aww, um, fair enough. Fair enough. But 
they have like him and a couple people from the audience and they hook them up to uh, EEGs and they play different like chords or like different types of music. And basically like each person's response is like completely different. Hmm. So it's like yeah. their brain is physiologically responding to the music in a completely different way. Um, and they were trying to say that there might be a correlation between like geographic location or like that, like DNA. Do they all report different experiences? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do they have a control group of like two people who report similar experiences? I don't remember. That would be a good um, question to ask. Because I'm intrigued. Though. It's very interesting. Yeah. I think it might be on Netflix. I, th- I think with the, with the music part, I really agree with the ASMR as far as that's concerned. Because I feel like um, like if, if you go to the videos and you look at the comments, everyone in the comments is like really like enjoying it. They're like, yeah. oh yeah, it's nice, cool, cool, cool. And you're there like, what? No, no, this is really weird. Yeah. But I, I feel like in the same way, like if I picked a random song and played it to like one of you guys, I like it, you might not like it type thing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same, same thing with ASMR. Like it's not so much like it's all good. It's about finding that one subgenre that really like yeah. uh, that speaks to you. But yeah. there's, there's on that and note, there there, there's, there's a sub-genres. lot. There's like a Shrek one I stumbled on when I first looked up and I was like, oh, I'm not even bothered playing this. this what, be really there's a Shrek ASMR. Shrek, Shrek. Like, you know, like, you know, like the movie Shrek, like yeah. the, the, the bra- green dude with like the yeah, weird Charlie Green Ogre. Yeah, Charlie Green Ogre. Have you never seen like, Shrek? No, I have, but okay. like, what is it? There's an ASMR Shrek. You can you, you can look it up. I didn't That's look fantastic. It. I was like, that is no, I am not going to do that. Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably all it is, honestly. What? Donkey. I wonder if there's a Lord of the Rings one. There has to be. I'm looking at it. There probably is. I, can I, I need to look that up. Is. Yeah, that might be good. Uh, I would let the hobbits whisper me to sleep. <laughs> Neuro- uh, that sounded really creepy. It would just be, yeah. it would just be like Sauron <laughs> over and over again and be like, I see. well neurologist uh steven novella agrees that there might be something to all this although he notes that there hasn't been any research um he says that what we need at this point to figure out if this is a real thing or not are functional mris and transcranial magnetic stimulation studies that look at what is happening in the brains of people while experiencing asmr versus typical controls are their brains different how are they different um but he seems to he's willing to buy it and i think uh i think that uh you know all these people getting off on youtube videos of people whispering to them can't be like completely whacked out i don't think actually, actually, i don't know i don't get the sexualizing I, 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 yeah. there's I like, uh, excuse me but, but there's asm I guess I meant getting off in the more general sense, but uh, <laughs> I guess I'll, I guess I'm oh, the yeah. one that read it. I'm All the one the that other ways. I mean, there there is a subgenre called ASM rotica, which uh, you might be interested in. I feel like Mark? he's overthinking I'm it. I'm good. Huh? I feel like they're. I feel like he's overthinking it. Don't you think? Well, I, I mean, mean like, is it? Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense that that would. That's I what mean, neurologists do. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Yeah, but like, is is it so weird that it's is it any weirder than people getting really emotionally listening to certain songs? You know. Yeah. Is it any more different than that? No. Like, do we not have research about? It might not music? be. There could be therapeutic value. There in that is, yeah. Exactly. Actually, there is totally research about about music and like what parts of your brain lights up and like enjoyment of different types of music and stuff. Yeah. All we need to do is that. all we need to do. This is your you're you're uh, you're into neurology. This is what you you've just discovered your uh, I would, I would your professional focus in academic medicine. If I, that's where I you choose to go, I haven't. I have not. You haven't discovered that, sir. Uh, yes. It will not be this. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, sir, I have not. Actually, sir, <laughs> don't put your ideas on me. 
No, I, I know, I know what I want. I, I wonder if, in terms of practical it's management, or you, it's you cool know, utilizing that, like uh, pain management. Yeah, yeah. So if great. it's a calming effect, or if it causes like a block. Yeah. Well, it's that. like I've wondered the same thing about music as oh, like yeah. a therapeutic. Yeah. You know, I I know music therapy is something that like the music therapist will go mm-hmm. and play music, mm-hmm. but like even. I was thinking about this when I was more interested in psychiatry than I am now. Um, but I was like, what would it look like if I knew like specific types of music that my patient responded well to? And I actually like, quote unquote, prescribed them a playlist that like I selected based on the musical characteristics that I thought that they would respond favorably to. And obviously that's not like a very well like thought out idea. Oh, but, like, that's what oh for that. I mean, I can... <laughs> I can speak to that personally. So like, um, there's there's like a song or two that when I listen to like when I run or if I'm just lying down, like I I I hear that song and I have an immediate physiological response. Absolutely. Um, like what's a good running song? It's like there's like some gospel songs I listen to like when it hits the chorus, you know, like my 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 body and my heart it just it just like takes off. Yeah. And doesn't matter how much I ran previously, I just get like a good five minute burst of just like God mode or just like take off running, mm-hmm. you know. Um. And, and I have some songs that really like speak to me emotionally and um, I, I kind of combine it um, with like so, with like some meditation techniques. So like mm-hmm. what's it called? Like uh, like something listening, like intensive listening. It, oh, it, I know it, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's like some kind of listening technique where you just kind of like try to focus on one thing. Hmm. And what I focus on is I try to listen to all the sounds in the music. And then when I do that, I just kind of go really deep inside my head mm-hmm. and and literally like I, I, 10 minutes feels like an hour like it's actually really yeah. cool it's like a mindfulness yeah technique. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the mindfulness techniques so yeah. I, I combine that with songs that really speak to me emotionally and then I just go into the music very deeply yeah. and then and, and, and then once I'm there it's it, it's kind of like I'm it's kind of like I'm in a playhouse in my head and I can just mm-hmm. like create things like I don't know how to brain, explain your it. Your brain palace. Or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it, memory it's, palace. Yeah, it, 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 it's kind of like an active mind palace. Yeah, that's, that's cool. way I can describe it. Sounds I'm super th- restorative. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm thinking about starting my own ASMR channel on YouTube. Yeah. Do you guys want to? Do you guys want to? Uh, well, first of all, if uh, let's go around the room, and uh, you guys can give us your ASMR voices, and we'll mm. see. We'll see. Uh, you know, just make something up on the spot. I'm too loud for this game. I know. Oh. Give it a shot. Is there like a loud ASMR? Just like people <laughs> probably shouting I bet at you. There's you, all different or... types of heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> that there, is kind of my life. <laughs> there, are, there are, as I noted, subgenres. I haven't found that particular one, but go ahead, Casey. Give us a. No, I don't want to go first. All right, Mark, you go first. I'm trying to think of what I want to say. Talk about your beard. Ah, uh, oh, yeah, rub your the beard lightly beard. across yeah. the that's microphone. Yeah, rub your beard on the mic. Love, rub, yeah. it. Yeah. rub it. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know someone's going to like that. <laughs> that actually wasn't bad. Uh, our listenership, that was better than the Our listenership one. just doubled. It's yeah. it's, this is important because ASMR is not all about whispering. There are uh, bits of it that are about paper crinkling. And, pa- yeah, crinkling, really? like noisy paper. There's mm-hmm. a... Um, they're, you know, tapping on things, you know, like, uh, brushing hair, things like that. Oh, um, so it's not all about whispering. I got hmm. one. Guess what I'm doing. You can all see it. Exactly. 
Oh, Oop. oh I ruined it. <laughs> That's not That's opening and closing scissors. It's not very ASMR of you. Uh, yeah, no, there's a there's hair cutting. Um, oh, is there really? There is. So there is. There's all kinds Who wants of to get their hair cut for the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm a little late. I cut it, I cut it this morning. So. That is dangerous. It's <laughs> a dangerous game. Go ahead, uh, Tenemay. Let's hear your ASMR. Okay, so mine, I'll be reading an excerpt from this book. What's it called? Uh, the Complete Guide to <laughs> Idiot's Guide to Managing People. Okay, I read that. Don't let anyone know anyone? you have that day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. You've read books about management. You've taken seminars, courses, and workshops in your own company and at colleges and universities. You've attended countless meetings at professional and trade associations, all providing tips and techniques for managing people. So why another book? Nice. <laughs> yeah, that was Very good. nice. Tony? <laughs> Are we being abducted? <laughs> That was it. We're, we're, okay. we're, good at, we're good at this. Was, yeah. there, was it a role-playing thing? Was that what you were doing? Were you just making... I was just all right. whistling and being cold in my mind. All right. Just close your eyes and listen to this one. I'm, I'm going to give you the tingles now. Oh, boy. Welcome to Dave's ASMR channel. The channel where I read words that people hate. Maybe I make up sentences filled with words that most people find disgusting. I'm feeling lugubrious today. After I <laughs> after I smeared yolk on a chunky slice of bread from a moist loaf. I secreted mucus inside my mouth as I munched the toast. My jowls gurgling with contentment. Your jowls gurgling. What, what are you, a hut? The curds. <laughs> 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 Your jowls gurgling. The curds of yolk were dripping from my orifice when I saw some panties. <laughs> Why is this happening? Saw some panties on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Where did this thing oh, turn to? This is the last time I closed my eyes in this podcast. You, you, you get the idea. I don't want to give away all my secrets. Oh, man. <laughs> subscribe for more. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to hear more. And now for the premium, the premium users. <laughs> you know, I have a Patreon page. Yeah. I wonder if this could be used as a form of torture if applied. <laughs> I correctly guarantee it could be you know like if, if you could, if you could like force on like noise canceling headphones on somebody and make them just listen to like some really creepy oh you stuff. could disorient them yeah for sh- like oh, yeah for sure when they use what like static white noise stuff they use music that people don't like played on repeat at insane volumes mm-hmm. as torture mm-hmm. and sometimes, like it's a human rights violation sometimes i like, like thinking about like <laughs> what G. song yeah like what song <laughs> no, for real what song would it be that like would break me if it was played on repeat like one that like comes into mind is like walking on broken glass by annie lennox like just over and over again like okay like it would just be torture oh, and it'd dear. be too loud for you to sleep yeah and it'd just be on repeat or and you'd no be in a this room is, with nothing else this is how you do it it's you'd, actual torture you would you would make it like 
decrescendo like it gets softer and softer and then Build just up, as they were yeah. just as they were sensing you were about to fall asleep you would blast it <laughs> yeah that's how you got to do it that's, awesome. that's how you got to do it i think well, mine would be uh, ace of bass oh yeah how that is that song bad. how did that song become so universally uh, that song in the it was the 90s right 90, yep. early 90s mm-hmm. maybe mid 90s um I mean, it was catchy, I guess, in a certain way, but it should not have it. Sh- people, it should be unknown to you, young people. I'll say uh, this: that it's persisted in like pop culture. Yeah, it should be. It should be unknown. It's like the fax machine. You know, there should be nobody using nice. a fax machine anymore. That song is and way better Pace. than Gangnam Style. Mm-hmm. True. true. That song is like we'll see if torture. Gang- we'll see if Gangnam Style has the uh, has the universal appeal. Uh, yeah, that's uh, true. We all see if it has a staying power. Yeah, we had a good conversation before this about pop culture references. That you know, the meaning might be lost. So like the we can rebuild him, we can make him better. Right. Like Six million dollar man. Like some people will use that reference without knowing where it came from. Right. Yeah, what do you think true. the oldest reference that's still culturally relevant, at least you know in our pop culture? What's the oldest one you can think of? I mean, there's all kinds of them. Tippecanoe and Tyler too. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I guess I could think of like how the Casablanca was a movie. I love Casablanca. Ca- Casablanca, I, n- I had not seen that movie, um, but I knew it turned out all of these phrases from it. Like the here's looking, is that the here's looking? Here's at you looking kid? at you, mm-hmm. kid, and play it again, Sham, and all this kind of stuff. And one day in the again in the mid '90s, I watched it on Laserdisc. I don't know why. I said <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a pop culture reference right? that people don't get. I watched that on Laserdisc, and I was like, "Holy crap! This movie is filled with." I knew, like, I would guess conservatively fifty percent of the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> that's impressive. But uh, yeah, so you guys remember transparencies? Oh, oh my gosh! Like on the yeah, yeah, and oh. teachers would come with like their little transparency, like mm-hmm. all prepped. Yeah, and if you got to write on it, that was like a oh, big deal. that was like the biggest That's deal a big ever. Deal. Yeah, I got news for you. It's not been all that long since some of your professors were probably using transparencies. I mean, I you would, love you would think it went out a long time before, but I think there were people who were just like still. When, within the last ten years, we're still bringing. Oh, them yeah. to there's still people who well, first use time I took Calp, we used it. Really? Yeah. Because they would, you know, go through the whole action together, and I feel like it's deriving. a cooler way to r- than writing on a chalkboard or something. My college biochem professor made us buy a note packet, like with all of them, like photocopied, oh. and oh, then just did all his writing on the chalkboard, and like didn't have any slides or anything. Wow. It was unique. I'm glad we've moved on from from those times. Speaking of times, <laughs> that's all we got. Oh no. This, oh, no! For this week, guys. Thank you. Um, thank you, Casey, Mark, Tenemay, Tony. Bye forever. And thank <laughs> Okay. And thank you, <laughs> listeners, for making us a part of your week. If you like what you heard today, consider sharing us with your friends and send us a suggestion on what we might discuss next time at the shortcoats at gmail. <laughs> oh god. Such a good noise. Oh god. <laughs> or at 347 short CT. And like us on Facebook, on our Facebook page, where every week I ask listeners to send in their thoughts on allegedly profound things, unless I forget, like I did this week. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine, Student Government, and the Writing and Humanities Program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox, and our closing music is by Argo Fox. Talk to you 